Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dogs and cats, sleepyheads, and chore champs. This is your host, Polly B, and you're tuning into the MLB Scores and Stats Results Cast. You guessed it, we're here to talk baseball. Today, we are covering all the bases from yesterday, June 1st, 2023. So get ready for a grand slam of fun-filled facts and some downright superb stats. Our purpose? To get those box score details into your earballs in a fast, fun way so you can get on with your day with the happenings of the diamond still fresh in your mind. And remember, folks, this is episode 25, a whole quarter century of episodes. You've helped us reach 20% of our listener goal, and we couldn't be more thrilled. Let's keep this momentum going like a freight train into the all-star break. We're not asking for a home run here. Just tell a friend or two about our show. Now let's not forget, every voice you hear on this show is brought to you by good old generative AI. From me, your host Polly B, to my co-host Pam from Oklahoma and Mike from Connecticut. Even that last legal disclaimer from the lawyer guy. Straight up AI content. That's technology for you. And speaking of memories, let's dive into the past for our daily trivia segment. On this day, June 2nd, back in 2010, Armando Galarraga of the Detroit Tigers was just one bad call away from a perfect game. A blown call by first base umpire Jim Joyce robbed Galarraga of his place in history. But you know what they say, that's baseball for ya. All right, folks, I've warmed up the crowd. Now it's time for the main event. Here's Pam from Oklahoma, ready to roll out the red carpet for our baseball stars with yesterday's Major League Baseball box scores and game notes. Take it away, Pam. Welcome back to Results Cast, folks. This is Pam from Oklahoma, ready to run through yesterday's action-packed matchups in record time. Remember, we're not like those other broadcasts. We have our creatively named feedback loop. The feedback loop, giving our results cast community the reins on the direction of our episodes. So buckle up and put on your caps, cause we're going for a whirlwind tour through yesterday's seven games in just about three minutes. Ready? Let's go. Starting us off in the heartland of America, the Cincinnati Reds played against the Boston Red Sox. The Red Sox dominated, winning 8-2, showing the Reds they know their way around the Fenway Park. The Red Sox secured their victory with eight runs on eight hits, while the Reds managed just two runs on seven hits. Zipping on over to the Great White North, the Milwaukee Brewers faced the Toronto Blue Jays. A close contest, but the home team Blue Jays bested the Brewers, 3-1. The Brewers managed one run on six hits, but the Jays swooped in with three runs on nine hits. Back in the Big Apple, the Philadelphia Phillies were at City Field, taking on the New York Mets. It was a nail-biter, folks, but the Mets managed to pull off a 4-2 victory. Despite the Phillies' clean fielding, the Mets capitalized on their four hits, turning them into four runs. Shifting our attention southward, the San Diego Padres were in Miami. The Padres brought the heat, taking down the Marlins 10-1. Despite one fielding error, the Padres turned their 11 hits into an impressive 10 runs. Next, we're off to the desert. The Colorado Rockies faced off against the Arizona Diamondbacks in a neck-and-neck contest. The Diamondbacks snatched a victory from the jaws of the Rockies, winning 5-4. Both teams showed strong, but the Diamondbacks were just a bit stronger. Up north, 
The Cleveland Guardians battled the Minnesota Twins in a fierce showdown. It was a clash of titans, with the Twins coming out on top, 7-6. Despite one error, the Twins capitalized on their 10 hits, turning them into a winning 7 runs. Finally, we landed in Texas. The Los Angeles Angels were in town to play the Houston Astros. The Astros showed their home field advantage, securing a 5-2 victory. Despite the Angels' 11 hits, it was the Astros' 9 that sealed the deal. And that's the rundown. Let me just wipe some coffee off these notes. Whoops. Oh, and before I hand off to my co-host Mike, here's a lighthearted joke for you all. Why don't baseball teams use donuts as their mascot? Because they would always be in the hole. All right, folks, that's my time. Over to you, Mike, for the game details segment. Can't wait to hear those stats, buddy. Thanks for handing off, Pam. Hey there, folks. Let's get straight into the Reds at Red Sox game from yesterday. Boston came out of the gate swinging at their home turf, Fenway Park. It was clear skies all day with a slight breeze, perfect for some baseball. The Red Sox started with their ace, Chris Sale, on the mound. He went for a brief 3.2 innings, allowing just one run, despite giving up five hits. Cincinnati's starter, Hunter Green, pitched solidly for six innings, but he left the game with the score tied. It was all Boston in terms of batting. They hit two big flies off the bats of Connor Wong and Enrique Hernandez, each collecting their fifth and fourth dingers of the season, respectively. The Sox also enjoyed multiple hits from Rafael Devers, Enrique Hernandez, and Justin Turner. On the red side, Kevin Newman was a bright spot with three hits, but they couldn't muster enough runs to keep up with Boston's firepower. The Reds' Nick Senzel showed some patience at the plate, earning a pair of walks, but it just wasn't Cincinnati's day. Ultimately, the Red Sox dominated this one, putting up an impressive eight runs on eight hits. The Reds tried to fight back, but could only manage two runs on seven hits. Chris Martin from the Red Sox walked away with the win, while Kevin Herget of the Reds took the loss. The final score was Boston Red Sox 8, Cincinnati Reds 2. Turning our eyes to the horizon, we'll be diving into a clash up north next as the Milwaukee Brewers took on the Toronto Blue Jays. Grab your poutine and cold ones, folks, because we're about to fly into some Canadian baseball. And don't worry, I promise not to make any A jokes. Today, at least. Stay tuned. Alrighty then, let's dive into this one. The Milwaukee Brewers made their way up north, visiting the Toronto Blue Jays at Rogers Centre. Now remember folks, this is an indoor stadium, so there's no worrying about weather interruptions. The game unfolded with the Blue Jays soaring to a 3-1 victory over the Brewers. The Brew crew could only muster up a solitary run and six hits with no errors, while the Jays, on the other hand, compiled three runs on nine hits, also with no errors. The Jays starter Kevin Gossman was simply magnificent on the mound. He went six and two-thirds innings, striking out 11 Brewers and only giving up five hits and no earned runs. That's a performance worthy of a Bob Yucker quote. He was on it like a hobo on a ham sandwich. On the other side, Freddie Peralta for Milwaukee had a rougher outing, letting in three runs on six hits in his six innings of work. The Blue Jays' bats were led by Matt Chapman and Boo Bichette, each of whom smacked a homer, Chapman's being his eighth and Bichette's his twelfth of the season. Meanwhile, 
George Springer and Whit Merrifield each chipped in with a pair of hits. As for the Brewers, their bats had a bit of a silent night. The speedsters of the game were Whit Merrifield for the Jays and Joey Weimer for the Brew Crew, each bagging a stolen base. On the less bright side, Kevin Kiermeyer from the Jays and three Brewers, Rowdy Tellez, Brian Anderson, and William Contreras, each earned themselves a couple of strikeouts. So in the final tally, the Blue Jays had a solid win against the Brewers, with the score being Toronto Blue Jays 3, Milwaukee Brewers 1. Now, as we look at the updated standings post this game, we see the Jays inching closer to the Yankees in the AL East. Meanwhile, the Brewers are holding on to their top spot in the NL Central, though the Pirates are closing in. All right, Pam, let's head over to the city that never sleeps. We have the Phillies visiting the Mets at City Field. As a Mets fan, I'm rooting for a win, but let's see how it played out. Over to you, Pam. It's your turn to swing for the fences. Thanks, Mike. I'll try to slide into home here. As you said, the action was heated at City Field with the Phillies up against the Mets. Despite a blustery wind blowing through, it didn't slow the game down one bit. To kick things off, Max Scherzer of the Mets pitched a spectacular game, tossing for seven innings and allowing just one earned run while striking out nine Phillies. This impressive performance earned him the win. His counterpart, Taiwan Walker, didn't fare quite as well. He was chased from the mound after only four innings, having allowed three runs on two hits. Now let's chat about our heavy hitters. Mark Canha of the Mets found himself rounding the bases, smacking a long ball that notched up two runs for his team. It was his fifth big fly of the season. It sure seems like he's found his stride, doesn't it? Over on the Philly side, Nick Castellanos had a busy day at the plate, ending up with three hits in the game, pushing his season tally to an impressive 65. Despite his efforts, it wasn't enough to give the Phillies the edge. On a sour note for the Mets, Pete Alonso had a bit of a rough time, striking out twice in the game. However, he wasn't the only one finding the breeze, with several Phillies also whiffing a couple of times. Now, if you're a Mets fan, you're probably already doing your victory dance, but let's confirm it officially. When the dust settled, the final score at City Field was the New York Mets 4, Philadelphia Phillies 2. That win pushes the Mets further above, 500, and leaves the Phillies trying to catch up. The next match on the menu features the San Diego Padres and the Miami Marlins at the beautiful Marlins Park. With the Padres looking to get back on track after a shaky start to the season, and the Marlins trying to make some headway in the competitive NL East, this should be quite a showdown. Until then, keep your mitts ready and your eyes on the ball, folks. Alrighty then, let's slide right into the San Diego Padres at Miami Marlins game, played at Lone Depot Park. In this one, the Padres really put on a show dominating the Marlins with a staggering 10-1 victory. San Diego's Joe Musgrove took the mound as the starting pitcher and displayed absolute dominance. Over six innings, Musgrove allowed no runs, gave up only three hits, and racked up three strikeouts. That's some good pitching if I've ever seen it. On the flip side, Miami's Jesus Lusardo struggled in his outing allowing five earned runs over 5.1 innings. Now, let's talk about the Padres' bats. 
Gary Sanchez launched a four-bagger, marking his first homer of the season, while also notching two hits and driving in three runs. Fernando Tatis Jr. went deep into his bag, racking up three hits, including three doubles, and driving in four runs. Quite the show from Tatis Jr., he was all over the diamond. The Marlins, on the other hand, had a difficult time getting their offense going, tallying a mere four hits and a single run for the entire game. The lone RBI came from Luis Arrays. On the base paths, Heseon Kim, Fernando Tatis Jr., and Jonathan Davis each swiped a bag, contributing to the Padres' dominating performance. However, it wasn't all roses and rainbows for the Padres. Both Juan Soto and Jake Crumenworth had multiple strikeouts, and several players left men on base, contributing to some missed opportunities. Post-game, the Padres now stand with 25 wins and 30 losses, while the Marlins dropped to 29 wins and 27 losses. Notably with this victory, the Padres are gradually improving their run differential from zero. So there you have it. In the Lone Depot Park showdown, it was the San Diego Padres reigning supreme over the Miami Marlins, 10-1. A standout performance from Tatis Jr. and strong pitching from Musgrove solidified the victory. Now, wouldn't you know, it's time for me to pass the mic to my co-host, who'll give you the lowdown on the Colorado Rockies and Arizona Diamondbacks duel. Now, speaking of duels, doesn't that remind you of the good old Bedlam series, rivalry between the Oklahoma Sooners and the Oklahoma State Cowboys? Ah, the tension, the excitement, but I digress. Over to you, pal. Let's see what kind of showdown happened out in the desert. Hey, it's Polly B, dropping in to break up the action a bit. Here's the scoop. This podcast was built using a trial of a process designed to turn data and feedback into information and prompts. Then, it turns that information into something you can enjoy with your morning coffee. We use baseball because, well, we're baseball junkies, and it's a pretty safe topic to test an AI content generation platform on. We're glad you joined us for this fun ride, and we'd love to hear from you. Send a note through the feedback loop at mlb at resultscast.ai. Talk about a game that really heats up your day like a slice of New Haven-style Apiza. The showdown between the Colorado Rockies and Arizona Diamondbacks at the Chase Field in Phoenix certainly brought that heat. With a clear sky and 14 miles per hour winds, the conditions were right for some action. The Colorado Rockies with their 24 wins and 32 losses walked into the field with a confidence that was hard to miss. On the other hand, the Arizona Diamondbacks, boasting a stronger record of 32 wins and 23 losses, seemed ready to defend their turf. The starting pitchers, Zach Davies for the Diamondbacks and Connor Seabold for the Rockies, both put on quite a show. Davies pitched 5.2 innings, allowed three runs on seven hits, while Seabold went for 5.1 innings, giving up just one run on three hits. The game saw some notable performances with Ezekiel Tovar from the Rockies going yard for a four-bagger, reminding me of the sweet swing of Gary Carter in his prime. Then we had players like Christian Walker and Cato Marte of the Diamondbacks and a whole troop from the Rockies, including Brenton Doyle, Harold Castro, Nolan Jones, and Ryan McMahon, hitting multiple times and really turning the cogs of the game. In the end, though, the Diamondbacks managed to outscore the Rockies, 
clinching the game with five runs on nine hits against the Rockies' four runs on ten hits. It was a close contest with no room for errors, and both teams delivered, with zero errors on the board. The win went to Kevin Jinkle of the Diamondbacks, while Pierce Johnson of the Rockies took the loss. This game was like a New York bagel with locks, crisp on the outside, soft on the inside, and full of flavor. So once again, the Arizona Diamondbacks win this duel in the desert against the Colorado Rockies, 5-4. And now, folks, we're setting our sights northward, where the Cleveland Guardians clashed with the Minnesota Twins, who emerged victorious. Stay tuned to find out. Don't worry, I won't leave you hanging like a curveball in the strike zone. You'll get the details in just a shake of a lamb's tail. So it was a really exciting showdown over in Minnesota, where the Twins edged out the Guardians 7-6 at Target Field. The weather was a bit finicky, with a bit of light rain and a 12 miles per hour breeze, but it didn't seem to dampen the spirits of the players or the fans. Tanner Bybee started on the hill for Cleveland, giving up three runs in five innings while striking out six. On the twin side, we had Pablo Lopes who went five and two-thirds innings, allowing six runs and striking out five. The win went to Griffin Jacks of the Twins, with Eli Morgan of the Guardians shouldering the loss. Now, I've got to talk about the young gun, Royce Lewis. The kid looked like a young Gary Carter out there, smacking his first homer of the season for the Twins. Reminds me of the thrill I felt when I saw Carter blast one out of Shea Stadium back in the day. Michael A. Taylor also went yard for the Twins, hitting his sixth dinger of the season. A few players had multi-hit games, including Christian Vasquez and Donovan Solano for the Twins and Gabriel Arias and Will Brennan for the Guardians. Unfortunately, not all performances were so sterling. We saw Carlos Correa, Gabriel Arias, and Joey Gallo all strike out at least twice. Even worse, there were quite a few men left on base, with Joey Gallo leaving five stranded for the Twins. Mike Zunino and Royce Lewis drove in a pair of runs each, contributing significantly to their team's totals. I tell you, if you're ever stranded on a desert island with these guys, you can bet they'd find a way to bring you home. Finally, we had a single error in the game, courtesy of Jorge Polanco of the Twins. Even the best of them have off days, I suppose. Makes me think of that time back in 99 when Ray Ordonez, one of the slickest fielding shortstops the Mets ever had, committed an error in a crucial game. Ah, the memories. Anyway, I digress. The final tally was Minnesota Twins 7, Cleveland Guardians 6. So the Twins managed to hold their ground in first place in the AL Central, even as the Guardians are still looking to claw their way up. Hey, speaking of clawing, did you know that domestic cats can't taste sweetness? Yeah, apparently, they lack the taste receptor for it. Go figure. That's why I always say, if I were a cat, I'd be pretty bitter about missing out on ice cream. All right, it's time to pass the baton. Get ready to dive into some West Coast action as we take a look at the Los Angeles Angels versus the Houston Astros, where the Astros managed to clinch the game 5-2. Over to you, Pam. We're all ears. Or should I say, we're all ears-tros. Thanks, Mike. That ears-tros line certainly tickled my funny bone. Well, let's dive right into the game. Under the clear sky at the unroofed Minute Maid Park, the Houston Astros played host to the Los Angeles Angels, wrapping up an exciting clash with a win for the home team. 
The pitching duel started out between Reed Detmers for the Angels and Ronald Blanco for the Astros. Blanco pitched over five innings, giving up two earned runs on seven hits, while Detmers allowed four runs over five innings. Unfortunately for Detmers, this game took him to zero wins and four losses for the season, while Blanco celebrated his first win of the season. Now, let's talk about some notable performances. The long ball was on display, with Brandon Drury of the Angels sending a big fly over the fence, marking his ninth four-bagger of the season. Speaking of Drury, he was also one of several players who managed multiple hits, along with Zach Nato, Gio Urshela, and Hunter Renfro from the Angels and Kyle Tucker from the Astros. Even with these performances, the Angels couldn't quite catch up to the Astros. On the downside, there were a few players who might be spending some extra time in the batting cages after striking out multiple times. Taylor Ward and Shoei Otani from the Angels and Corey Jolks from the Astros all found themselves heading back to the dugout more often than they like. Overall, it was an action-packed game, but the Houston Astros took the win over the Los Angeles Angels 5-2. Angels put up a good fight with 11 hits, but the Astros capitalized on their nine hits to clinch the game. As we wrap up here, I just wanted to remind you all about the importance of keeping your eye on the ball, whether that's in a baseball game or in life. Like my cat, Whiskers, who never misses a trick. Whether that's a fly buzzing around or me trying to sneak in her medication. You've got to stay alert, and just like Whiskers, keep watching those pitches coming in, you never know when you'll need to swing for the fences. Now, before I hand off to Polly B, I want to ask, Polly, have you come across anything new and exciting lately? I've heard rumors about a new pizza place in town that makes a killer deep dish. Are those rumors true? Anyway, enjoy the rest of the day, baseball fans. Keep your love for the game strong. You're absolutely right, Pam. Staying alert is indeed the key. And just as Whiskers never lets a sneaky pill or a buzzing fly get past her, so too should we remain vigilant for those curveballs life throws at us. Great advice from the cat. Speaking of sneakiness, there's definitely been some whispers of a new pizza joint around the block cooking up some mouth-watering deep dish. Although, I must admit, I haven't had the pleasure of trying it just yet. But once I do, you'll be the first to know, and our dedicated listeners, of course, as we approach the bottom of the ninth for today's show, I'd like to extend a huge thank you to everyone who's joined us on the MLB Scores and Stats Results Cast. We couldn't ask for a better crowd to discuss the ins and outs of America's favorite pastime. Before I bid you all adieu, remember that we are always eager to hear from you. Join our feedback loop by shooting us an email at MLB at ResultsCastAI. Your thoughts, ideas, and insights are the perfect pitch that helps us keep improving our game. And if you're enjoying our coverage, do us a solid and hit that like button. Subscribe if you haven't already, and don't forget to enable auto-download on our podcast. It's a simple way you can support us, ensuring that you won't miss a single play, a crucial score, or that definitive home run hit. So on behalf of myself, Pauly B, and the rest of the team, Thank you once again for tuning in and keep that love for the game burning bright. Until next time, folks, stay safe, stay alert, and as always, keep swinging for those fences.
Hi again. Before signing off, I'm here to leave you with our AI disclaimer. Just about everything you've just heard was not written by us at all. We engineered data and prompts and used AI to generate the text and voices you've been listening to. We do not expect inaccuracies, but everyone makes mistakes. Please contribute to our efforts by sending feedback to MLB at resultscast.ai and our prompts team will incorporate it into future episodes. We've been learning a lot and testing along the way, and we're looking forward to bringing a better episode each day throughout the beta. Goodbye.